0: so the question is what exactly is the church casserole rules are what are they what are the church casserole rules well it
1: has to be covered right a covered dish <laughs>
0: yeah it has nothing to do well it has it has to do with something it's not, it has really nothing to do with food i mean it does but it doesn't
1: Either does or doesn't.
0: Did you read the article?
1: Uh, I skimmed it. Okay. Well,
0: hello, everybody. Welcome to this Saturday night's edition of Bible News Radio. There's my husband right there. You got it. You are to
1: my right. Hard to get my finger in there. I'm a lot lot closer to my camera than you are to yours.
0: Yeah, there's, their face is still here. Yesterdays are gone, and the best is yet to come. I love this song. Now I see. There's a reason I survived. Yeah, there is. A story still His grace is worth everything. Everything for my good in a way that only he could have know it's been a while since anybody seen smiling. Shame had me thinking it was game over. And I was wrong, cause this is my comeback song. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm still here. Can't turn and beautiful Cause I feel my heart Keep me in and my lungs Breathe, breathe in. Yes my God's not done with me yet I have something on my tongue <laughs> My yesterdays are gone And the best is yet to come Out of the pit All glory to God I will sing it again out of the pit, all glory to God! And the best is yet to come. Yeah, it is, people. The best is yet to come. That's right, right, your face? I'm still here. I'm still here. Rising, waking up my soul. So I played pickleball today, people? Yeah, I did. I feel my heart beat beating, and my lungs breathe breathing. Yes, my God's not done with me yet. All my yesterdays are gone, and the best is yet to come. That's right, people. The best is the yet best to come, people. Mhm. There you go. Boom. The, I nailed the, I nailed the ending there. <laughs> okay, I know that the, I know that the um, title of the show is weird.
1: Yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, it is. But it's actually a very interesting title. So, what are the church casserole rules? So, I had a uh, friend from church actually send me this article. Titled the Casserole Rules, and I ignored this. I'm going to be honest. I was just like whatever. I'm not interested in casserole. Okay, just saying. I don't even cook casseroles. If you knew me, you don't. You know, I don't even cook much anyway, right? Bareface does the cooking in the house usually. Well, although he hasn't done a lot of cooking lately, but we both <laughs> we both went to uh, what was it, Carl's Jr. or Hardee's, whatever. Hardee's. So, hmm. Alright, so, well, anyway, the point is, uh, we we went there tonight, we got some garlic, um, what was it, garlic loaded,
1: like, garlic cheesy fries,
0: garlic cheesy fries and, like, a hamburger. By the way, you guys, it was super good. Royally salty, though. and, and Way too much garlic, you know, so.
1: Well, you really can't have too much garlic maybe you can but the the salt was definitely overboard it was overboard it was like garlic i was gonna say garlic salt but it was really more like salt garlic it was <laughs> salted yeah. garlic yeah. it was
0: really bad
1: or garlic garlic flavored salt
0: but it was flavorful
1: <laughs> that, that's for sure <laughs> Just way too salty
0: well anyway after uh hey barb and uh, nice i see you over there and yeah, mia see you over there too how you doing girl and let's see, and Angie, how are you doing? So, um, yeah, so any anyway, so, you know, what? I don't know why, but Periscope, oops, wait, Periscope for whatever reason has left the title out now when we tweet it, I don't know why, they just messed everything up. But anyway, so, where was I going with that? Rule number one, anything so to keep, the... okay.
1: So in the tweet, the tweet, the title is not there? No. It's there in the Periscope broadcast, right?
0: uh don't know nope it's not huh whatever it doesn't matter more people will come in (laughs) okay so anyway so i'm getting my hair cut someday it's just getting way too long uh so anyway so why why did i bring that up oh anyway so so somebody sent me this This article titled The Casserole Rules. And then a friend of mine that I network with locally, a businesswoman, she had this article linked and she wrote a little paragraph above it. Um, And I was like, huh. And what she wrote had to do with how the church, uh, when she went through a divorce, basically the church didn't bring her a casserole, even though it was the death of a marriage. It wasn't her fault. Uh, You know, I guess she you know, she didn't want the divorce and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that made me think, that made me think about, like, when I had a hysterectomy, like, almost 10 years ago, um, they didn't set up a meal, a meal train for me, you know, because I lost the baby, you know, lost the ability to have children. Um, they didn't come and weep and mourn with me when I was weeping and mourning. In fact, they did exactly the opposite. Pretty much threw me under the bus, ran over me a couple hundred times. And and that's why I didn't go to church for a decade, basically. It's a long story, but but anyway, so let's read the article and then we're going to we'll, we'll we'll share a couple of other things cuz I think this is really interesting. This is called the Castle roll rules and it's um it's on a blog called Red Tent Living, and and I don't know if you've ever heard of the book. Um, I think it's called The Red Tent, and what the Red Tent represents is um, in uh, in the culture, in the biblical co- culture back back in historical biblical times. It's believed that women would go into what they called the red tent. And what the red tent was is the place where women would go when they had their period. And they that thus thus the red <laughs> tent. So they would go there. So red tent living, this is interesting. I don't know if that's if, if they got the name from that or not, but but just listen to this. This is very interesting. It says here unless you air your, your laundry Unless you air your laundry, divorce in the church is 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 as isolating as a child's temper tantrum during the Sunday morning service. When my husband of 27 years suddenly and unexpectedly left, it was weeks before my large church pastors noticed I was missing from Sunday morning services, and even weeks more before someone called to check in. I can't blame them. I didn't reach out. I was busy. I was inhaling and exhaling, managing shame, scrounging for hope, paying bills, and depositing what little emotional reserves I had to care for my devastated daughters, reeling family members, and befuddled friends. I was too busy facing the disappointment of opening my eyes in the morning, realizing that God hadn't granted my nightly plea to take me in my sleep because I didn't know how to live in this, in this way. There were so many things... I didn't know about how to go through an unexpected d- divorce. There is no there is no YouTube video, no manual, no to-do list for how to do it well, yet the one thing I did learn is that you won't get a casserole from church when you're in the middle of burying a marriage. I realized this after the fact. A year after my husband left and before the divorce was final, my dear church friend lost her husband to a sudden heart attack. Here is the thing I learned when Joe died that I hadn't even thought about when my husband dropped off the face of the earth. There are dozens of casseroles in the church freezer. When Joe died, the church stepped up big for Sue. She had meals for months while she figured out how to manage the house and budget by by herself. She had lawn boys, free electricians, and pro bono mechanics when her car broke down. She received hundreds of cards from church friends. We watched them overflow her mailbox. Women came to clean her house, strangers did her laundry and folded her towels, and not one person asked what she could have done differently to avoid Joe's death or suggested that things would get better because some new man would snatch her up in a second. I am so glad. I love her and I'm grateful for each person who stepped in to meet her and her grief and need. One time she gave me an extra casserole because her freezer was full. It was really tasty and I ate it for days after we Riley talked together about the differences in our experiences of the death of a marriage. Uh, We both acknowledged the casserole rules. The church didn't give divorce casseroles except for the one she gave me. The very next summer, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I learned that you do get casseroles for breast cancer. Elders visit, people pray, your name gets mentioned from the pulpit, people call, email, and send cards. They rake your leaves. I was grateful, although a bit bewildered. During those six months of diagnosis, surgery, and radiation treatments, I never once prayed for God to take me during the night. I never cried myself to sleep over breast cancer, never imagined... What I did wrong to be so unworthy, there was no shame. Each morning, I was happy to open my eyes. Sometimes I even longed for the phone and doorbell to stop ringing. I got free yard work for weeks, and I got lots and lots of casseroles. To be clear, this isn't about a church. It's about the church. My church tried in the best way they knew how. I don't blame them for any inconsistencies. I had never noticed them before either. It's complicated, isn't it? As people of faith... We are very good at meeting people in times of death and illness. There are no judgments around these things, and we do not need discernment about who was in the wrong. We don't have to wonder about whether one's grief is deserving of a casserole. The rules about other human conditions are not so clear. Casseroles for the death of a marriage? For a mental breakdown? For rehab? How can we know whose fault it is? We all learn that God's favor falls on those who follow God's good rules. Maybe then it's just best if we offer a sympathetic side and let the chips fall. There are rules, after all. Or maybe the rules are just misunderstood. Maybe loving our neighbor is a rule that means need is need and grief is grief, and a casserole is the love of God made real for all who suffer, no matter the cause. Maybe. Maybe. That's written by Jill English, who is an avid encourager of humans and lover of words, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blah so
1: blah 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 blah.
0: Pretty much. So so that reading this, you know, it's interesting because it is interesting. You know, people talk about all the time, um, you know, church hurt and different things like that. And of course, you know, let's just face it. Um, ex We all have expectations about things. And the question is, number one, where did you get the expectations and why do you feel entitled to what you expect? That's an honest question. And then the other question is, um, you know, what are you doing to meet other people in their time of need as well? You know, I mean, to be honest, me, just so you know what kind of person I am, um, I can honestly care less about... <laughs> bringing casserole to anybody. I mean, seriously, it's just not my ministry. I think that falls under the gift of service, which I don't have. If somebody asks me to do it, sure, I'll do it, but I'm not going to suggest it. I'm not going to go, oh, you know, Brother Joe just, you know, had a hangnail and he had to go get toe surgery. We need to get him a casserole or, you know, Brother Sue or, or Sister Sue, you know, had, you know, had, you know, she got divorced and yes, we need to bring her a casserole because, you know, she's hurting and, and all that. I just don't, I don't care, to be honest. <laughs> I just, I,
1: you, don't, you don't care about Sister Sue?
0: No, I care. Well, let me finish. I don't care about the, quote, so-called proper things that the church is supposed to do, right? That the church does, right? Like, I don't care about the prayer list when they read it from the pulpit on Sunday night. I really don't. I could care less. How much um, less could you care? I just, I don't care.
1: Well, I did not say you don't care. Don't say you could oh, anyway, say you so don't don't care. Oh, shush. Anyway, so
0: I, so I don't care, and then that's the truth. <laughs> I know Randall's like I married a hard, callous woman who doesn't give a crap. No, it's not that. I don't care about about the. How do I, gosh, I know everybody's going to church is what you don't care. What this was brought to you by anger with a little self pity. Sorry, wait. What'd you say? Okay, you're... you have to back up. Well, okay, what, I was.
1: I'm, I'm curious about your heartless condition now. Okay. So if you want to deal with.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let me read Barb's comment. She said, "I I was told that as the Christian spouse, it was up to me to but keep back the marriage." Up, back with... up. What? Okay. Rule number one: anything to keep thighs at maximum density.
1: As far as she's being it, funny about rules. It
0: depends if you mind sleeping with the dog and all the garlic.
1: Yeah, but... I'm uh, not going
0: to say anything. Anyway.
1: <laughs> but yeah, go, go ahead to the I was told.
0: Okay. You're trying to get me in trouble, aren't you? Hmm? Okay, anyway, it says here, I was told that as a Christian spouse, it was up to me to keep the marriage going. This person told me repeatedly that she had never told a soul about it. I was expected to lie to keep the story going. Everyone knew the truth, but we lived a religious lie. Uh, that was brought to you by anger with a little self-pity. Sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, don't interrupt, Bareface. Okay. Okay. Before you all, like, send me hate mail. Not that any of you would, except maybe one person watching who's blocked, who was blocked. Um, so, here's the thing. I don't care <laughs> about how the church... I should... Okay, how do I say this without... It sound like I don't care. Okay, You,
1: you, you need to recover now. I, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm
0: not going to recover. You're in
1: a corner now. Look, you're I'm not, not... going to recover.
0: Okay, I don't care that... I don't. I'm okay. Look, my gift is not service. That's just not it. Like I said, Brother Joe stubs his toe and <laughs> and he needs a new hoe to long in his lawn. I'm not gonna go ahead and encourage somebody to bring a hoe over to help him. It's just not going to happen, right? I don't care about the prayer list being read off at the front of the church. I don't. <laughs> I'm <laughs> alive about it. You don't care about
1: the individuals, or
0: that's not what I'm saying. Okay, I just what I'm saying is I don't care about how it's how all the needs are presented. I don't care. I don't feel roped in like like um, like well, like for example, um, you know how your church might have a potluck and and the tables have to be set up downstairs. You know, sure. I don't care. I don't care about helping there. Like whatever, you know. I, pff, Randall can do it. I don't care. I'm not going to do it. It's not my gift, right? Now it doesn't mean if I'm not asked, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, if I'm there, I'll help. Sure, of course, I'll help. But I don't care about the meal trains. I don't care about all that stuff. That that is not in my my bag of caring. What I do care about and where I emphasize my caring is I call people. I'll pick up the phone and actually call somebody. And I'll say, hey, want to go out to lunch? Let's get to know each other. Then I'll talk to them one-on-one and build an intimate relationship with them. So then I know more specifically how to meet their need. Not in a broad way like the whole church likes to do, but in a specific way. And I'll give you a perfect example. When I went through my hysterectomy, I had well-meaning women in the church (sighs) bless their hearts, um, say stupid things. And I'm, I'm, I'm swearing in my head after the word stupid, just so you know, but they would say stupid things like, well, you could have gotten pregnant if you prayed this Psalm or don't worry, kids are, kids are just a, a bother. You know, you could you can borrow mine for a weekend and, you know, and I'll get a break. Or oh it's it's maybe it's more blessed to not have children if you only knew the trouble my kids were. I mean Christian mothers said that stuff to me and I'm like so <laughs> I'm just like, do you know how stupid that sounds? Do you, I mean, you honestly know how that sounds to me? A barren woman who always wanted kids? Or they'll say, well, you could adopt. Why don't you and your husband adopt? Everybody knows there needs, there's more children out there. It needs to be like, duh, like I never thought of that one, you know? You know, and, and nobody, not one person actually, ever came to me and said, you know, Stacy, Would you like to go out to lunch and talk about what you're feeling? You must be heartbroken and devastated at the loss of your dreams, never knowing what your child would have looked like, you know, wondering, you know, what types of things have you lost? You know, what type of, you know, thoughts that, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about at night? You know, Randall and I had baby names picked out for a girl and a boy, Right. I, I have a brother-in-law who has two daughters. I look at them and go, hmm, I wonder if, if, if I had a daughter, if they would have some of these characteristics because of, you know, what Randall looks like. You know, there's, there is a loss of a dream and there's a loss of a legacy, a heritage, you know, um, there, there's so much more than just giving somebody food. Right, Natasha? Right. She, <laughs> Natasha says, stupid is an understatement. That's straight, crazy, and asinine. <laughs> exactly. And that's my point. So what I'm saying is it's not that I don't care about people. It's really that I really care more about people than the generic way a church is supposed to so-called come alongside people. And so the Casserole Rules article, really, that's what I think it's about. It's about...
1: Our th- tendency to fix something. With food. To, right. Suppose or- you're a
0: you're a food addict. Why would I want you to bring me a casserole? What do I need a casserole full yeah, for? rather
1: than rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Yeah. Here is something to placate or cover the issue. Right. Here's a distraction, really. Here's a distraction exactly. from...
0: Exactly. Here's
1: a distraction or a solution.
0: Yeah. So I would rather... I Or, you know, I would much rather, like in the instance my friend Jennifer was talking, and it's not my friend Jennifer that you guys know, but it's my, another friend Jennifer, was talking about getting a divorce, you know, here, you know, she has had to learn, like, how do I, you know, how do I do this, this, and this? Now, as an older woman who is a marriage counselor, who has some understanding what some people go through in, with divorce, I would much rather... Say, call her up and say, hey, you know what, let's go out to lunch so I can sit down and talk to you about some of the things that maybe you need to know now that you're divorced. Or how are you feeling? You, the grief, the loss of your marriage, that's a big thing, especially if you didn't want it. Now you're, now you're a single mom trying to raise children. How can I help you with that? As opposed to giving you a stupid ham and cheese egg casserole, which does nothing except annoy people, kind of. In, in in the you know what I'm saying so so the casserole rules what what are the church casserole rules? I think they're set up with good intention, but I also think that if to quote my friend Vicki, if you can't do for one the same way that you can do for all, then don't do for any because there's always going to be somebody who is overlooked or left out, you know. And and I think that was what the author was trying to get get at at the bottom, you know, when she said, Maybe loving our neighbor is a rule that means need is need and grief is grief, and a casserole is the love of God made real for all who suffer no matter the cause. Maybe. Right? So that's what I'm saying. Does that make sense, bareface?
1: Totally. Totally okay. makes sense.
0: Did I redeem myself? Yes you did. Okay. So that's that's where I'm at, especially as a middle-aged woman now, I'm more inclined to go, hmm, you know what, let's, you know, let's not like put a Band-Aid, you know, over the situation. I mean, I know somebody recently who lost their son to suicide. And while, you know, I've never lost a son to suicide, instead of sitting in a big church service or even at a women's Bible study and trying to discuss it, I'm going out to lunch with her Monday. You know, to have a one-on-one heart-to-heart. And, you know, maybe she can minister to me in a way versus, you know, me ministering to her. You know, the point is is that I think sometimes, you know, well, going back to Christ, what did Jesus do? How did he minister to people? He ministered to them in crowds and he ministered to them one-on-one, especially where their deep hurts were. I mean, I think about the woman and the man who... You know, were caught in in the the sin of adultery, and they were going to stone the woman. What did he do? Did he bring her a casserole? Hell no! Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Did he bring the man a casserole? No, he didn't. Whoever
1: he was, he wasn't brought forward.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's made the
1: whole proceeding (laughs) right unethical and right legal.
0: But he came and Jesus came and stood by the woman and basically said, Hey, he who is without sin, you know, you can cast the first stone. And, and and even though Christ did, he was the only one without sin. He didn't cast a stone. He was there for her and ministered to her one-on-one. And I think that's what we should do. I mean, I think God calls us to each different ministries. You know, when my mom was dying, there was the ministry of presence for me just to be there with her. You know, my dad. My dad would have been, who knows where my dad would have been if I hadn't come in and Randall hadn't come in and decided to take care of my father, you know? Anyway, so there you go. You guys have thoughts on that? Did I, okay, let's see here. Okay, that is a far more meaningful, far more meaningful than a casserole. Yeah, you mean, you mean, um, um, you know, like going out to lunch and talking, <laughs> how you doing? You know, uh, I mean, I, after I left the church I was at, I had one person contact me in months and it was a small church and it was a church I served in for probably close to 12 years. Everybody knew me, but the phone, nobody picked up the phone except one person that was like two or three months in not seem, so it's like, okay, well, I mean, bigger churches, I get it because you can hide in big churches and that's why a lot of people go to big churches, but um but that's why I don't believe in big churches. I think you should be part of a smaller church myself. Uh, speaking of churches, let's look at the Dallas one, barefaced, the the mega church. <laughs> I read this article and I left a comment on Facebook on it. And um I I pulled this story because I really would like your feedback on this one because I think that um I, I think that uh let's see here. Well, let's just read it. Okay, it's titled Dallas Mega Church Puts on Mass Wedding for Dozens of Cohab Cohabitating Couples. Pastors Challenge asks members to honor God in their relationship. That means marry or move out. So it says here, earlier this month, 24 couples from Concord Church in Dallas got married on the same day, at the same time, and on the same altar. September 8th marked the fourth grand wedding at the Texas Mega Church, the conclusion of Pastor Brian Carter's cohabitation challenge. For the past decade, Carter has stressed God honoring relationships among his 9,000 member congregation and sought to resist the cultural forces making living together an acceptable substitute for walking down the aisle. When couples joined the 90 day program, Concord offers them 11 weeks of intensive marriage counseling, a married couple to mentor them for the next year, and an all expenses paid wedding ceremony at the end of the journey thanks to artists, musicians, hairstylists and f- ben- and financial benefactors within the congregation. Good
1: for them. Okay. I like the o- older, you know, married couple to mentor them the next year. That's great.
0: <laughs> okay, I have I have um uh, reservation. Right. No, no, no. I, I I have Well, I'm just going to finish reading the article. Okay. The church has married 81 couples through the challenge and also offers to cover rent for cohabitating members who opt to live apart rather than make it official. Seven people came to faith as a result of the most recent 90-day program. It helps us to model the gospel because the gospel is redemptive, Carter said. It's not just about us calling out a struggle that people may have, but let's talk about how I can move from where I was to the place where God is honored. As cohabitation continues to rise, the more research details the instability of the arrangement for families. Churches that champion marriage inevitably have to grapple with the issue. In a 2011 survey, more than half of Protestant pastors said they would marry couples who had been living together. Leaders at churches like Concord want to make that process as easy as possible while also ensuring couples take the commitment seriously. Carter, who has been married for 21 years and lived with his wife for a stint beforehand, spoke with CT about how the cohabitation challenge has brought people in his church into a deeper relationship with Jesus. How did this, for, this program first come about? I was in a series on singleness, and I planned to preach on cohabitation, but I didn't want to preach about it without giving people a pathway forward, and so we just began tossing around ideas, and somehow we landed with what would happen if we married them. How do you but how do people qualify for the program? The initial challenge has three concepts to it. One is we encourage people to move away from the idea of cohabitation. If I'm a believer and I'm trying to do relationships in a way that honors God, I want to take this off as one of my options. The second idea is we offer for them to move out. Studies show that most people that cohabitate don't decide to cohabitate. They slide into cohabitation. We offer to pay your first month's rent should you decide to move out. The last option is to get married now and we'll have you married in the next 90 days if you feel like the person you're living with is the person God wants you to be with, but you guys have never taken those steps, next steps. Then we'll put you through 11 weeks worth of counseling and relationships classes. And then once you complete that, you would be eligible to be married. When I watched the grand wedding video, It didn't feel like you guys were saying, we just want you married so that it doesn't look bad. What is the ultimate goal? Ultimately, we are trying to help people honor God in their lives. So many of the couples that we talk to, when you ask them why they chose to do the challenge, many will end up saying, I just wanted to honor God in my relationship. I want to provide a better example for my son or my daughter. We really think this is one way to hold up a high view of marriage. In today's culture, marriage has really been diminished. Millennials are not getting married. They have a lot of questions about the entire institution. The divorce rate is still 50%. That's a lie. We believe the entire program, the wedding, all of it, is hopefully designed to hold up a high view of marriage based on what scripture teaches about it. It is a reflection of God. When they see marriage, they ought to see Christ in the church. We think if we can help people get to this point... Then it helps build stronger marriages and stronger families and stronger churches. When couples enter the 90-day challenge, are they still cohabitating? We don't ask them to move out. We ask them to sign a purity covenant to try to abstain until the day of marriage.
1: A covenant to try? What kind of covenant is that? Go on.
0: What do you think is driving so many Christians to cohabitate? One, because of people's fears about marriage, they believe that cohabitation allows you to test out the relationship. For others, they will do it for financial reasons. Some have actually replaced marriage with cohabitation. And then another reason is that men are just really failing to initiate and commit to the relationship. For most women, they still long to be married, but they will settle because the man will never take the initiative. He will remain in a cohabitating relationship because it has all the benefits, the sexual relationship and all the other things, so he doesn't feel a reason to commit. And then it says here, you said there is a conception about people who have reservations about marriage that cohabitating would help them decide whether they're making a good choice. How does cohabitation influence a marriage later on? The studies are mixed, but some convey that cohabitating before marriage leads to a higher rate of divorce. Marriage works because there's a commitment. For some people, cohabitating, she may have an expectation and he may have a different set of expectations. Domestic abuse is higher in cohabitating relationships. Children do more poorly academically and emotionally. And cohabitating relationships. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, from a faith perspective, the sexual temptation and the premarital sex, it's just an ongoing temptation that you're going to face. Really? He agrees. So, it appears to be the same thing, but it lacks the covenant commitment. And at the end of the day, when they separate, it has a lot of the same factors as divorce. Because now their finances are intermingled, their lives are intermingled, and the breakup is much more traumatic than it probably would have had if they not chosen to live together. And I get it. People say, well, let's test it out and you should test a relationship, but that's what premarital counseling is for. That's a better way to do it than to just live together alone. And the last paragraph, couple of paragraphs, what advice would you have for churches that may have the same heart towards marriage and cohabitation, but might not have as many resources? How can other churches be a part of the solution? It doesn't matter to the size of the church. It just matters. They have a heart that wants to help people. I would encourage them to preach on cohabitation and its impact on marriage and family. And then I would invite I would then invite those that may be living together, that the church be willing to assist them. And it doesn't have to be public. It can be private in the pastor's office. It can be with them and a few friends. I think ultimately we're trying to help couples step into a God-honoring relationships and a God-honoring marriage. When we lift up the Word of God to them, many of them are like, that's what I need. Help me to get there. Okay, and there's more. I'm not going to read the rest. But the gist is there all right bareface so so what is your thought what are your thoughts on this because i have some very strong opinions about this myself
1: well i'm for it as it's presented here in in the article i'm for it you know with the 11 weeks of intense if it's really intense marriage counseling and there's a and there's a Married couple, I hope a married couple not just of a year, but a married couple like 10 years or more mm-hmm. that's there for the first year of their marriage. That's good. Yeah, the, he, he's right. I'm not an expert on this. The study, the research is mixed about the effect of cohabitating on divorce, but it's not mixed when it comes to the welfare of children and cohabitating homes versus homes with, with a married mother and father. Um it's consistent that children of cohabitating homes do poorly because by nature spoken or not it's an un, it's an instable, it's an unstable. the instability I was trying to whether well, wanted to say instability or say unstable. It. yeah it is an un, because of the instability the instability is there because it's an unstable relationship. Um. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, though it's not spoken, it, it's it's it is unstable by nature, and that's not good for children. Children need stability, and and you know I think of Micah. God hates divorce. You know, who, you know, close ones violence, close one ones violence, and God desires holy offspring. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the big reason that God hates divorce. Um, and an offspring can be. Unholy, in you know, if if there's a divorce because of this, uh,
0: you, you mean a bastard?
1: No, I don't mean a bastard. No, that, that if they're unmarried, but if the the couple was married, this is God hates divorce. That, that instability, was... <laughs> the instability of a broken marriage is the same as a non-marriage. Is the same as cohabitating. Right. It's 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 an unstable environment environment for children. You know, and then. And then, and there's that. I wanted to call attention to that. Okay, These are my thoughts. So flow. okay, your
0: thoughts, and I got mine. Right. And
1: then, and then, like I said, God honoring. We we'll go back to Matthew chapter 18. In the beginning, God created the male and female, and for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife; the two shall become one flesh. What well, God has put together. Let not man set asunder or separate. Um, God's design is that man and woman reflect Christ and the church. And no one would expect, even though it happens a lot in the evangelical church, that somebody just tries out Jesus. You know, they try out Messiah. It's like, well, I'm going to try out this Christian. It doesn't work. I'll be a... Michael Shermer or whatever, be a former Christian, it's like, ah, oh, it didn't work for me, you know, I've got one one foot outside, and if, you know, none of this, well, pick up your cross daily and no turning back, that's that's so old-fashioned, I'm gonna try out the Lord for a while and, you know, kind of keep, uh, you know, keep doing stuff over here, I'm gonna, mean, sow do the spirit and so to the flesh, you know, the carnal Christian is is the most, you know, is the most unhappy person in all the world. It's better to be all in for the Lord or all in for the world, but to straddle the fence, you're not going to find a more unhappy person, an unsatisfied person than the carnal believer. Right. And so it's the same thing as the relationship with Christ and the church to have this, well, we can live together, kind of try it out. If it doesn't work out, I'm out the door and there's there's no covenant, you know. Didn't mention about something the covenant. Oh yeah, yeah. They sign a covenant to try to abstain from sexual industry. Well What kind of covenant is that? Yeah, I promise to try to. to I, I don't agree with that. I got a problem with that. But the marital covenant that the whole for the good of for the good of for the good of children, the good of society, and. For you know, honoring the Lord, there's so many reasons historically for millennia. Right. um, The you know that culture has supported heterosexual marriage for so many.
0: Okay, can I weigh in?
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: Okay, so the topic at hand is cohabitation, and how this church is. Dealing with cohabitation. This is my opinion. Open up the Bible. Read First Corinthians chapter 5. And throw their butts out of the church. Period. They are living in sin on purpose. They know it's wrong. They're doing it. And they're not honoring God. And it's a line of BS that they that they want to now get married in order to honor God. I do not think. This is my opinion. I do not think this church should be paying for their wedding. Why bless somebody who's living in sin? That's BS. You know what? That That is like saying, hey, why don't you go screw a whole bunch of people, get on welfare, and then we'll give you your whole college tuition free yeah. because you can't do that. That's how I see this. And I do not like this. I think this is BS. I think it's BS. I think it's the coward's way out. And it, it's under the guise of, of like, hey, let's go ahead and... And, you know, see what we can do to help these couples. You know what? Help the couples by throwing their butts out of church. Okay. Saying, you know what? Wait. No. Throw them out. Tell them, hey, if you are coming to this church, you better not be living together. Because, number one, if you, first of all, they mention children. Number one, you shouldn't be having children until you're married. So, you know, so it's kind of like...
1: So, go, all right. go ahead. so, so what about the what about the drug user who's using drugs? This Christian drug user.
0: Completely different.
1: Hold on. Okay. And they say, "Man, I I want to I want to get off these drugs." Oh, I fell again. I slept. What, you know, throw their butts out because they slip and they use drugs?
0: Where in the word of God does it does it does it address specific drug use? It, it doesn't. The Bible talks about the marriage bed being mind. being holy and undefiled. If two people are living together before they get married, they are clearly violating scripture, and that pastor needs to <sighs> throw them out on their butt.
1: Uh, I, would, I would say confront them. They
0: they need to throw them out, according to 1 Corinthians 5.
1: I say confront them if they're unrepentant. And they said no, we're yeah. going to continue to live it. And then and throw, throw them, them out.
0: out. Right. But and that's they... not what these guys are doing, though.
1: Yeah. But they say, they're
0: like, oh, go through. Wait, first of all, wait, let me finish. All right. I'm the therapist. Uh-huh. So, first of all, they know it's wrong. Second of all, the church should not be 12 stupid weeks of therapy or premarital counseling it isn't going to do anything for anybody.
1: Nothing at all.
0: Nah, uh. I'm a therapist, okay. I can tell you twelve months, and you know, eleven, 11 th- th- weeks, or whatever. Eleven weeks is nothing. Now, the one part I do agree with that I think is a good—I mean, I do think it's a good—it's a good plan, and it's actually the number one cure for. The
1: mentors?
0: Yeah, it's marriage mentors. Marriage mentors actually do more good than marriage yeah. counseling does. But if we're gonna be biblical about it, then basically. I say you confront them if they don't repent and not cohabitate, throw their butts out. Don't be like paying for their weddings and giving them all these incentives. What the heck is this? Socialism, Mm -hmm. welfare in the church, like that? No. Discipline them. The Holy Spirit deals with them. They actually repent. They get a second job. They do something. Or they actually go to the courthouse and get married, and then they make it right before God. It's not the church's job, the pastor and all those people, to volunteer to make it right before God for for them. They're the ones that have to do the actions leading to the repentance. And I I think here it's like, oh, we feel so bad for you. Yeah, we do. So, yes, let's just go ahead and do this for you now. And if you just promise, oh, and by the way, you can still live together and screw one another, even though you might sign this thing here saying, like, you can abstain. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm i counseled couples (laughs) i counseled couples who cohabitated before they got married and the biggest issue that they dealt with had to be the sexual issue and they could not abstain in that situation so the very fact that the pastor's doing this he's doing this stuff and oh and then we're gonna go ahead and and pay for this and all that I mean, what next? They have five kids out of wedlock and oh, and we're going to go ahead and now support these children. We're not going to make them get off their butts and go get a job or something? I- <laughs> All
1: right, let's... let's I,
0: I just... Let's, yeah.
1: Let's break this down. Yeah. Back to the article. Okay. How do you people... Qualify for the program. I, I, I there think should not
0: be a program. That's my point. All
1: right. I think the, the question is, how do people there, qualify? But for, there okay. shouldn't
0: be a program. That's right. that is my point. The program should be from the pulpit, them preaching against the sin, right. and then them repenting and then taking care of it themselves and being right. responsible. Right. But, they should go to the pastor if they want to pay, pay the pastor to marry them. Then they should. Right. They shouldn't be getting anything for free because to me that's rewarding uh, them okay. in their sin, and I think that that is wrong. That's right. my opinion. Wrong, 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 wrong. Right. And I don't like it. I think it's a bad witness. And yes, it says people come to the Lord. Okay, maybe they did. Okay, but you but know what? It's them. it to me it's it's to have what I. it's bass it's bad backwards or whatever right. that term is yeah. that I can't say. It's yeah. It's let's oh this us go ahead and reward these people for doing we, it all can, wrong. Can
1: we return to the article? Sh-
0: sure, go okay. ahead.
1: All right, all right. The initial challenge and it should <sighs> be a, a a moral challenge it has three concepts. Of,
0: well, what is what, how do you how do people sh- qualify for the program? Sh- sh- okay,
1: all right. <laughs> I think, I think it's a typo. How do you people qualify? I think it's supposed to be how do people qualify the program. Okay, the initial challenge, and they should be challenged. One is we encourage people to move away from the idea. Well, they should say, hey, stop cohabitating. I think that's...
0: Right. They should leave the church.
1: If I'm a believer and I'm trying to do relationships in a way that honors God, I want to take this off as one of my options. That, the, like, yeah, challenge. If, if you're cohabitating, stop right now. The second idea is we offer them to move out. Right. Yeah, if you're cooperative, you're eh. supposed to move out.
0: It's no. not offer
1: them. It's, it's, it's... No,
0: but then it says that they'll make their first month's rent. Yeah, no, they... I, 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 I yeah, completely I, disagree with I, that. I, I, do
1: too. I, I do too. That is
0: so wrong i do too the man can just go if he loves his woman then he could pay for two apartments right I'm, or whatever yeah. i mean that's my opinion i don't think the church needs to be throwing money at I these agree. people
1: i'm glad that it's limited to one month but <laughs> okay the last option is to get married now and when you have him we'll have you marry the next 90 days now i don't think yeah i don't think you should pay for it why should
0: it take 90 days
1: because they want to do this 11 weeks worth of Counseling, and it mentioned somewhere else, intensive marriage counseling. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, in the hopes to find out if they're the good fit, right? So why why well, provide the, free the, counseling for them? Then why don't these people go to their own ding therapy and pay for it out of their own pocket?
1: Yeah, uh, there should be some, but <laughs> offering that as as a resource, I mean, have them pay if for it. If they were
0: interested in it, they would go do it on their own, right? right instead but... of being bribed by the church
1: but say it's 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 uh you know anybody can walk into a church. The church is for believers and disciples, but I don't think that we should have bouncers at the door <laughs> say you know show yeah. me your you know show me your prison record to show that you showed time and you have a, an underground church in China that's necessary right Because bys, and there could be witches and warlocks coming and disrupt the service, so mm-hmm. maybe bouncers anyway. So someone comes in, sometimes unbelievers come to church or cohabitating. Okay, if you know, questions should be asked, you know, tell me about your testimony. They don't have a testimony. Well, we need to get it fixed. All right, they come to repentance and then you find out this couple is cohabitating. And then they should be confronted. You know, that's you know, that's unscriptural. It's law. You know, it's it's against it's 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 against God. It's not is designed so and the little leavens boils a whole bunch so yep here are some choices. here are some choices. you move out you stop cohabitating you can continue to attend this church as long as you're not living together and you can get discipled or if if you know you're burning in passion you know it's better to marry 1 Corinthians 7.
0: this is what Natasha's saying.
1: you want to get married? great we'll help with that not like we're gonna fund your wedding but hey we've got counseling here it's low cost it
0: said that it would pay for their wedding too. i know
1: i know i'm not saying a green right okay but I, but I think the church making it available hey you know it's 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 ten dollars a class or whatever you know you got to put some skin in the game
0: Ten bucks is no skin
1: i know but, but i know what you're mean though not to make it all free hey look we've got we've got it's not like the church needs to turn into business and make money off of it. It's it's just we need to show some real commitment to it. All right. If okay, then you get married, you're still not living together, not you don't live together while you're going. You're not living together. That's plain. You either come as you know as independent people to in this congregation, not living together, or you're still not living together. If you want to get married, we'll assist with that because God honors that. I mean, we'll give you the classes. We'll give you mentors You know, for a fee, you know, not like we're going to, you know. Right. You know, because we should. I mean, if someone's struggling with whatever it is, whatever sin, there should be resources to help make disciples. And so, you know, we we're, we want you. You want to honor God, we can help you honor God. But if they say no, we're cool with living together. Well, you're no longer <laughs> you're no longer attenders of this church. You're no longer congregants. There's the door. Get out. It doesn't mention that. But yeah, if you come to them, confront them on that. Hey, you know, great that you're now believers. I understand you're cohabitating. We need to correct that. Either get married. Well, no, I mean you can't live together. That's and we can work...
0: They're still allowing them to live together for 90 days. Yeah, I
1: don't... That, that's I what mean, I don't have the, with this... I mean, that's why I... covenant could... that they'll try not to... They'll try to be... A purity covenant where they'll try. What kind of covenant is that?
0: Well... It's like... I... I think it's a bad program myself. Right. And and I say that based on the fact that I am a therapist number one and number two, I don't think it's the role of the church to be doing that. I I the role of the church is to make di- disciples. is to make disciples and, and the pastor needs to man up and throw them out yeah, and if, say if, if,
1: if they're un- this if, is uh,
0: not acceptable. Period.
1: Yeah, if they if they say we're going to continue to cohabitate and attend this. Bye. Church,
0: see you you're yeah. out of here.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, it, it, it can't be both. It can't be we're going to continue coming to church and we're going to cohabitate. And, no. And,
0: and look, I understand the emotion. I do understand oh, the compassion behind sure. this. I'm not saying I'm it not.
1: Is, that's, it is compassion. It's total to them, compassion. To throw, throw them out if they're.
0: Well, but I mean, but here's the thing. Teach them to man up. Yeah. right that's one of the reasons they gave that this mm-hmm. happens teach yeah. them instead of addressing the issue of cohabitation and mm-hmm. with people already living in sin why not start mentoring and training right. men, men how to be men and women how to be women yeah. and you know and and certainly and be prudent and wait until they're married in the first place before yeah. they live together yeah
1: but when this when like i say if the if they came in as cohabitating unbelievers
0: but and that's the, not what this says. I know, but... I know,
1: but I'm just saying where where I come from. Right. If if they come in cohabitating believers, okay, they then they then it's like, "Hey, we need to address this. You got to stop cohabitating." And they say, "No, we're cool with it." Then, "No, we're not." Out the door. So... It's like, "Well, we want to honor God." Okay, we, you know, you <laughs> You, Sister Betty, can stay with Sister Sue or over this family. You or whatever, or or, yeah, or you, lady, can stay in this in the apartment that you're paying for. You, Mr. So-and-so, you need a man up. You can stay in this men's shelter or whatever. You're not going to... And then you're going to start coming. You're going to start coming to counseling. We're going to find out what's going on here. Um, And if, you know... You know, right. we can get you married. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Angie says that um she said accountability rarely happens in church. And and it's true. Sadly. See, my my overwhelming disagreement with this is that if these people these people are gonna do what they want, right? They already know most people know it's not right to cohabitate. That's just the fact most people know that at least they should if they don't then the pastor should be preaching on it And then if they were sincerely seeking God, they would go to that pastor and go Oh, you know what? I had no idea that I couldn't be doing this with this girl or this guy And um, how do I get out of it? That would be somebody who is genuinely holy spirit led and really serious about trying to figure out their own stuff I don't think it's the job of this church to pay for the wedding to do to do free counseling Or any of that stuff. I think that's BS. And I think that it takes the responsibility away from teaching these people how to be responsible. And if there's already children involved in the first place, you know, it's that. And that's where, frankly, I think that's where a big part of the culture has influenced the church more than the church has influenced the culture. You know? Because you have a church that hasn't taught god's word in these biblical standards and then you have the culture you you have the church advocating for the culture by telling them what to watch on tv hey let's watch american idol let's watch the bachelorette let's watch this crap let's watch that you know and they're not bothering to mentor and disciple most did you know that most churches in america don't even have a marriage ministry most churches don't and most people when they go to counseling even especially premarital counseling, it's literally a few weeks and does nothing. You need to be in counseling at least a year. And I recommend two to three, you know, especially if you have garbage and baggage, you know, from before. Because 12 weeks is the equivalent of 12 hours of time and you're not going to be able to fix you know, unclaimed baggage and victimization. You're not gonna what be is, able to fix any of that stuff. What
1: if it's every day, seven days a week for eleven weeks? Like seventy seven hours, not eleven weeks.
0: Still, that's not much time.
1: Yeah, but I mean as premarital counseling, seventy seven hours of premarital.
0: Did the premarital counseling I have help with you? No.
1: Well Well that was it wasn't intensive and it wasn't it, it was. It was did not help. It was like what two meetings?
0: I don't know, but it didn't help. No,
1: but I would think.
0: But it was the required church requirement for Steve yeah. to marry us. It was like okay, so. Uh,
1: but yeah, it was it was it was lame. It was Let's lame. Say, it was stupid. But, but it didn't if, help
0: us at all. It was like a joke.
1: But I think if it's really intensive, like psychotherapy, kind of, you know lay it out and, uh, you know, vulnerability if it...
0: But that's only if people want help. That's the problem. Right.
1: And it should be exposed within 77 hours.
0: Uh, I don't know. See, how many people... Like, you brought up drugs earlier. How many people can hide alcoholism or other type of drug abuse for, like, 77 hours? That's not that hard to do.
1: Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Whatever.
0: Not whatever. I mean... But I'm... Yeah. yeah, I understand the church's heart. I just don't agree with it in this case at all. I don't agree with Zero it. Zero of it. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm for some of it, but there ought to be, as we both, you and I, agree, mm-hmm. that if if they're confronted and they say no, we're cool with cohabitating,
0: they'll also get your butt out of out. the church. You're out. That's right. And that happened at the previous church we were at too. Mm-hmm. The worship leader, mm-hmm. one of the worship leaders, decided to cohabitate. I'm like, and they're like, uh, "You, you Not need to fly here." Yeah, you need to knock it off. And they, and they didn't. And they, the elder board threw them out. Mm-hmm. Said, "Bye, you got to leave. You can't come back here." And I'm glad they did because that was the biblical thing to do.
1: I've seen that with drug use too, where mm-hmm. it's like, "Hey, you got to stop this." It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Then, well,
0: one of the other worship leaders was addicted to drugs it's and like, having homosexual sex on the side, apparently. Uh, Who knew? Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that is a heated discussion, but um, there was... Um, An important one. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but see, again, it goes, this steps into the area of... Um, I don't, in many ways of being a psycho babble centered church, you know, because God only knows what type of counseling they're giving them. Um, you know, if people were grounded in God's word, like Joe was just saying, that actually helps, right? But you got to have two people who are willing to be. I mean, Randall and me. You know, we've counseled a, a number of different couples, and and you know, it's sad. Because sometimes you know they they're they're believers and they you know one spouse will be very um, abusive. You know the other spouse will want to want to make it work, and there's just no way.
1: If one will not, two cannot. And
0: and it's sad. It's really sad to me. You know it's sad. And a lot of things are done in ignorance. I get that, but in this case, I don't think the pastor is ignorant. I think the the pastor is well meaning, but I think misguided. That's my bottom line. Just so you know. Okay. Ariel.org. <laughs> I wonder if Arnold has anything on this topic. Uh, you can go to Ariel.org. You can save 20% with the coupon code Bible News. Bible News, people. Mm hmm. And he does actually have a book, a Bible study on the Song of Solomon, which is, you know, a, a book about heterosexual romance. Mm hmm.
1: But, but uh...
0: Yep, so you can go there.
1: Typical love making.
0: Yep, there you go. You can go there and also don't forget if you haven't joined my text message list, you can text Bible News to 33222. If you need help and you want to be on my text message list and you can get text messages on your phone but you don't know how to do this, just tell me what your phone number is and I'll add you. And then you can start getting text messages from me. Um, I, I don't even think I sent out a Scripture this morning because I went and played pickleball, but whatever. Anyway, so basically, on that, I send out a scripture and then I, sh- I send you out an- a text before the show. Uh, if you want to be a pillar of our community, that means you just donate to us once a month. Whatever God wants you to give us, go for it. You can do that at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. And then, of course, we also have John 316, which is an affiliation coupon code for Spark Naturals Essential Oil. Or you can give over at GibsonGo.com forward slash BibleNewsRadio, a donation if you want. Or if you want to become a member of Legal Shield, or get identity theft protection, I'm actually still looking for some more members to sign up this month. So uh, they actually, Legal Shield did extend the gift card thing again for a, um, for a favorite charity or cause. I'm still trying to enter into that to get more tickets into that. So if you haven't heard me talk to you about it directly and you want to l- learn more, call me up and I can tell you more. Or if you want to sign up, just let me know. You guys know how to, I'm not hard to get in touch of. Is Randall ever bringing back the Bible study? <laughs> Randall, why don't you address that? Because we've had a couple of people ask that, and I, I think, I think you miss it, right, Joe?
1: Well, it's it's or interesting, but just mention that. that. Um, because uh, I, the latest issue of Ariel magazine is about discipleship. Yep. And I was I read a couple of the articles, and especially the letter from, letter from the editor kind of convicted me Mm -hmm. talked about that as we grow in our scriptural knowledge there's a tendency to be puffed up as paul says with knowledge and that we'll sometimes find ourselves critical of people who know less including pastors and bible teachers and think well no that's not quite right and and the reason that other certainly to go in our knowledge of of God and deeper relationship with Him Uh, beyond that the knowledge that we have is not to keep to ourselves but to disciple others and so I've not been doing that as much with uh, my knowledge of many, many, many hours of Bible study so I've been thinking uh, as I mentioned before bringing that back I may try. I may try a Wednesday's in the words, uh, Wednesday evening uh, thing. I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I'll return to the uh, harmony of the Gospels. Well, we can or, do it on or, Sunday, though. If you or want, or just well, or do just a, a you know a book by book, chapter you know chapter by chapter, verse by verse kind of thing. Like I'm, Jay Vernon McGee used to do with his... Uh,
0: I think we could know, do it on Sunday, though, a, if you wanted to do it on Sunday. Yeah? Why not Sunday? Yeah, it's good. How many of you guys would prefer that on Sunday as opposed to Wednesday?
1: Good question.
0: Because, you know... Let's
1: see over Hey,
0: on. you know, here's the truth. The truth is we actually miss doing a daily show. That's the truth. We were actually talking about it today we we actually miss doing a daily show the problem is is we can't afford to pay our bills doing a daily show with the little income we're making and that's the truth you know it's funny because we if if everybody on my text message list just donated five bucks a month or something like that i i would have i don't know maybe a thousand bucks or something a month with just people giving five bucks but when you have five or six people only giving 25 or 50 or occasional 100 here and there it doesn't help i mean it helps but it doesn't it can't we can't support ourselves doing this so that's why we're spending we're trying to spend more time actually doing our heathen work yeah we are the heathen work that god has let us do
1: <laughs> secular not heathen
0: mm-hmm. what secular no it's heathen
1: <laughs> not heathen <laughs> We're believers and we conduct ourselves. That's right. I mean,
0: a... secular work. You know, like tent making and stuff. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Um, okay, the Smart TVs article. Let's get to that and then we'll be chat done with the show.
1: Connected. disconnected? Hmm. hmm. YouTube, my chat was disconnected. It was. All right, we got okay, one more article. Connected. Um
0: successfully
1: connected. I was looking for the feedback on sunday or no sunday
0: uh so. basically they said they didn't care okay either <laughs> either would be okay right. so yeah angie said uh me and jd said either is good so all right so smart tv is ca- sending sensitive user data to, to facebook and netflix mm. listen to this people a study by researchers from Northeastern University and Imperial College London found that many popular smart TV models including models by Samsung and LG as well as streaming dong- dongles yeah. Roku and amazing Amazon Fire TV are leaking sensitive user data to advertisers. The models listed above would share data like location, IP address with Netflix, Facebook and third-party advertisers according to the F T. Just when social media companies were starting to modify their data collection practices to better respect user privacy, the next threat is coming from the Internet of Things. Smart TVs are becoming increasingly popular in the U.S. In some cases, users' data were being sent to Netflix, even though they didn't have an account. And it's not just smart TVs. Other smart devices, from speakers to cameras, have also been caught sending user data to third parties like Spotify. Nearly 70% of Americans have a smart TV or a Roku or Apple TV. Nearly all of these devices have recognition technology that tracks what you watch and sells data approximating your interests to advertisers. In a separate study of smart TVs by Princeton University, researchers found that some apps supported by Roku and Fire TV were sending data such as specific user Identifiers to third parties, including Google. Like, they didn't know enough about you in the first place. (laughs) Amazon was one of the third parties contacted by about half of the devices tested by researchers at Northeastern. Amazon is contacted by almost... Okay. What? Okay. Amazon is contacted by almost half of the devices in our tests, which stands out because this means Amazon can infer a lot of information about what you're doing with different devices in your home, including those they don't manufacture, said David Chaffness, computer scientist at Northeastern University and one of the paper's authors. They also can have a lot of visibility into what their competitors are doing. Since most of the data shared by the devices were encrypted, researchers couldn't tell exactly what was being transmitted. Uh, in some cases, they can definitely see some viewing is taking place, but what they can ex- what they can ex- can exactly see that's this articles article is wordly it's worded awkwardly. Can exactly see depends on what the manufacturer is sending, which we have not made an attempt to re-engineer, says this other guy. But experts warn there's minimal oversight regarding these smart devices. As one analyst warned, the situation is dire. Buyer beware.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of these smart devices, like the one in the palm of your hand or pocket, you know, have cameras and microphones as well. The smart TVs do. You know, so like we said, a lot of this data is encrypted going out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have microphones built in. They do. So, you know, instead of you don't have to say Alexa or Siri or, hey, Google, you know, they're just, just on and... Uh, they can also, some of them have cameras and so they can be, you know, watching, not only know what you're watching and when you're watching, where you're watching it from and who you are, but your facial reactions to things that you're watching and your discussion about it. And, <laughs> it is and is probably in there buried in the 30 pages of stuff that comes on when you first get the TV powered on and you can't do anything until you agree to these terms and conditions, you know, scroll through.
0: mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of, there's minimal oversight. I mean, the, the FCC says, you know, controls the airwaves and things like that. Right now there really isn't any oversight to, uh, you know there are individual cases that come up in terms of privacy. You know Facebook—they've kind of pushed in the envelope and and had to report to Congress and stuff like that. There weren't there weren't things in place. There weren't regulations in place. But someone says, okay. This is this is getting a little too you know into private things, and then Congress stepped in. Whatever. But that's again that's okay we've done with the social media but as i say with the internet of things that hasn't right. been approached yet and mm-hmm. and and this is just things that they know that they've watched that amazon's being contacted a device that they didn't manufacture but because of their apps on their amazon not only you know their own ads but stuff from other apps because their apps are on they're watching other apps Showing what you use, what you bought, where you buy it, when you buy it, and 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 that stuff they know. It's, it's plain that they know Amazon be contacted, but a lot of it is this encrypted data, which right. which is really hard to. You really need like supercomputers to break into something that's like two yeah. hundred fifty-six bit DES encrypted. So, tom-
0: so tomorrow, do you want to do a Bible study tomorrow, or just your regular type show?
1: I'm okay with the Bible study.
0: All right. Okay, so tomorrow people, Bearface is going to lead us in a Bible study. It'll be after church Sunday night. Um uh, after Awana for me.
1: hmm
0: Mhm. Can't wait for Awana. It's going to be so fun. All right. Uh so that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: We actually went over time. We did. By the way, we're trying to keep the show to an hour instead yeah. of 90 minutes. Uh
1: yeah, because Just we because... You know, we did restricted the weekends to give ourselves more time. Yeah, there's fewer things we can do with our heathen work, now our secular work on the weekends. So <laughs> the weekends are more times allotted. Bottom but, line is
0: we don't get any days off now. But, none, right?
1: But we were doing, <laughs> cause, cause... <laughs> but we were doing Monday through Friday for an hour, so five hours. Right. And now we've we've cut it down to three days at an hour and a half or four and a half hours so we've shaved out a half hour from yeah
0: and the bottom line is we're not getting any days off that's the bottom line um i know we make it look easy but there's more to just this actually being on air that takes place so anyway uh so i hope you guys have a good rest of your night uh we're gonna leave now (laughs) go to bed cuz i'm tired. Uh all right, so have a have a have a good um have a good day at church tomorrow too. Um yeah, and you know what? Everybody have you know think about some of the issues we talked about, right? They're they're important issues and it's interesting to see what the church is doing. Uh so, you know, feel free to share this out and stuff and um and as i always say at the end of every show, be bold. Stand up and go with God cuz he loves you.